What makes a game qualify for game of the year? This question came into my head after we talked about A Space for the Unbound back in July, and I had said that that game was game of the year material because it was so good. And as of right now, if you were to ask me today, that game is my number one game so far. Now, if you were to ask me what my top five like game of the year nominations are, if we were to close voting today, my nominations would be A Space for the Unbound, Street Fighter VI, Diablo IV, Hi-Fi Rush, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor in that order. Still need to play some Tears of the Kingdom. I need to play more of that. I need to play more Starfield. I haven't played Baldur's Gate either, so I need to figure out how to work all those long games out. You understand. But as of this moment, Space for the Unbound would be my game of the year. And so, Noah, I'm going to ask you to kick off this conversation and maybe debate. What makes a game qualify for game of the year? So, I, I'm a big math guy. I like numbers. I like math in general. And so, when I'm playing a game, I kind of try to break it down. You know, what, what game has this going for? What game has this? How much percentage of this? And I break it down to a mathematical formula. Um, that I found for myself um, that if a game has 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power. So yeah, that was my bad joke. Um, But for me, like my biggest thing that I look for when I think this deserves to be nommed is if I'm at work or if I'm, you know, out doing errands, I'm not thinking about, what I'm doing then I'm thinking I would rather be playing this game at home right now. That is, that is the big thing for me. It's like, I don't want to be doing Mm. what I'm currently doing. I want to go back home and play this more. Interesting. The amount of times, like I would be working, uh, shifts to the store and stuff like that. And Dave and I would be playing, you know, something new. And it's like, that's cool. But I, I really just want to go home, clock out and go home and play this game. That yeah. that for me that sticks out as like hey this if it sticks with you that much that you want to keep playing it <laughs> you would rather not do anything but playing it it's got that addictiveness to it for me that's that's one big thing I look for. Uh, so with what are there any examples from this year where you have felt that way? Tears Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> like I, I the amount of times I was. I, you know, guiltfully say on this podcast, I'm like, guys, I love talking to you, but I really want to play Zelda. I really would rather be playing. Like, oh, I forgot. I, you straight up ditched us to go wait I, in line. I at did. GameStop I did. To buy to and my, play Tears of the Kingdom. Ah, uh, yeah. I I told David, I was like, so I kind of want to test something, but I ended up not doing it because I enjoyed playing. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom on the dock so much because I got a bigger TV and stuff mm. and pro controllers are just the best. Yep. Um, I was like, should I try and do like the the viral, like when the guy's trying to do that interview and he's going through McDonald's, like see how long I can play Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> on the podcast with you guys? And you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, can I have a fish sandwich? Like just yeah. keep going. <laughs> like that that was me. I Tears of the Kingdom, man. That's interesting because I feel like for me, there are lots of games where I feel that way, but I don't feel like they're game of the year material. Like Borderlands, for example, when Borderlands 3 came out, that was a game that... I was like, I want to go home and keep playing this. I just 
but I would never consider it for game of the year because there are like a lot of different issues with it. Most that I was willing to ignore because I like Borderlands and the loot stuff uh, it feels good to me. And, you know, it was Borderlands, but there were, I was like, there's some legitimate balance issues. There's some story issues. There's this kind of stuff. But for me, yeah, would I want to go home and just, yeah, I don't want to be here right now. I want to be playing Borderlands 3. I just got this thing and I'm still trying to grind and, you know, get max level and all that. So it's, that's an interesting take for you. Like that, that, that is the importance there. Coming from like the looter guy, D2, like online games, where I was like, yeah, I want to, you know, I'd, I'd like to do a session, but it's very, for me specifically, games that stand out of it. It's like, I, I would rather be playing this game over those games. That, that is how impactful it is to me. Jackson, so. it looked like you were trying to say something. Go ahead. I wasn't, but I will. Oh, so, okay. Pretty much. If I had to choose what determined game of the year for me, I'd say it's how it stuck with me, how it impacted me. Not exactly like if I'm yearning to go back to play it, because I agree with you, I have a good few of those games. I'm more so looking at it from a unique gameplay aspect perspective. Like back when Titanfall 2 came out and it had immaculate multiplayer, very fun, very unique premise, there was that like time jumping, time traveling mission in the campaign that still sticks to me to this day. That's the kind of thing that nominates a game for game of the year in my mind. Just how it sticks with me and how it sticks in my mind based on how unique it is and how much fun I had with it. So what's an example of that for you this year? I have got to admit, I haven't been playing a lot of the big games that have been coming out. Battlebit, of course. I've been preaching it constantly. It doesn't have to be a big game. My game of the year so far is A Space for the Unbound, which, if I pulled up Steam right now, probably has like 200-something reviews on it. Like, It's not a popular game at all. It is particularly indie. So you mentioned Battlebit, but is, th- is there also another one? One that's early access that came out that comes to mind. There are a few. Um, very indie. There's Dread Delusion, which I'm in the process of making a video for. It's early access, but the way it tells its story is so genuinely involved and unhinged that I I can't get this game out of my head. Uh, Pretty much something bad happened to the planet. Now humanity lives on these island chains that just kind of float through space. A lot of like the gameplay itself isn't exactly thrilling. It's like kind of clunky, um, not all that interesting, but you get into the lore of it and the lore sucks you in and how well they tie it into the gameplay. It's not even out yet and it might not even be out in 2023, but it's already like a contender for me. Okay, so that actually brings up a different conversation. Yeah. One that uh, I'm, I haven't heard a ton of people talk about. Can and should early access games be considered for game of the year? Probably not, because they can just be considered in the year that they are released. And there are plenty of like fully baked games that are out and could be like considered. Okay, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate for a moment. Okay. You paid for it. Yeah. You get that access. 
They sure. are they are taking money. Yeah. I understand why. We are we here understand why yeah. they have made that decision. So I don't want to make I, w- I just want to make that clear that we we do get it. It's a business perspective. But what do you say to that? To we paid for it and that should like possibly qualify it. Well, you paid for it. You're you are getting some enjoyment out of it or maybe not. Um Maybe they could technic- create on like Steam, you can technically review it. You can already let people know, hey, this is how I feel about the thing, even though it is not something that is finished. I mean, perhaps there should be another or more categories for game of the year, like its own early access category. Interesting. Or I hear me out. That. Hear nope. me out. Okay. okay. If it comes out, if you, the dev gets to choose. Okay, they're like, hey, we think you might be able to get nominated for Game of the Year this year. They're like, okay, cool, that's great. You're still in early access. They're like, okay, we'll do it. They're like, okay, cool. But you can't go up for nom again whenever you officially release. It's like that. Do you want to wait, you know, and let your game cook a little bit and be like, I will wait until we officially release before we get, you know. It's like that. Hey, you know, risk reward kind of thing. I, I I would like that kind of a system. Yeah, it's like, do we do we risk it? You know, because it might get worse. You know, leaving early access sure, yeah. with the full release. Yeah, so it's like, oh, oh, we should have. You know, we should have known whenever we were in early access. <laughs> or you know, like, given that, given that, you know, that choice. That's an interesting idea. I don't know if developers and publishers think that oh, they hard. Would, about they, they, would yeah. <laughs> they would not go for it. But it's just like, I just want Jeff Keighley to be idea. on a call and be like, hey, we think it, <laughs> we're thinking about putting you on the, the nom list. But here's the deal. If, we, if you say yes, you can't go back on again when you fully release. <laughs> you know? Or if you no, say no, no, we'll let you come back once you fully release. And if, you know. I think individual sites could be able to pull that off. I don't know if Jeff Keeley would be able to do that for the game. Oh, I would love to. I would love to awards. watch that Zoom call. Oh <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, that would, that that would be amazing. That, yeah, that would be pretty crazy. But for me, when I think about game of the year, one of the biggest things, two of the biggest things for me is it has to be either original or it has to do something in its genre that pushes it forward. So so far this year, a space for the unbound. kind of walking simulator-ish 2D game that includes some gameplay elements. Number one, it's got a fantastic story. And then the gameplay elements that they include in there, they're simple. They're kind of like WarioWare type mini games that fit directly with the game. They're goofy, they're silly, but they work and they're fun and they're short. And then there's puzzle elements too that are not difficult necessarily although they do become more difficult over time but not nothing where it's like you're gonna sit there and have to go look at guides and stuff but it's thoughtful and it the way they construe the puzzles goes directly with the story and how you solve things and the revelations that you get after them and so to me that is a very interesting and great way for these kind of story-based narrative walking simulator kind of games to go forward street fighter six is second for me right now but it definitely could flop because street fighter six right now i think has done for fighting games that fighting games have needed for a really long time and that is make these complex fighting games more accessible 
and more approachable. I don't want to say accessible. I think we throw around accessible a little too much with that. I think Street Fighter Six is access- accessible in some ways, but even more so approachable for people who are interested. And yes, even accessible for some of those people as well. And so it does that. And then it is the most robust and complete kind of training for people who are veterans and for complete newbies as well. And so it is one of those where it's like, this is the future of fighting games. The little story mode that they added. This, every fighting game should have this from now on because it's a great approachable way for people who may not like PvP to get into a game like Street Fighter and still have their own fun without having to deal with the the sweatiness of PvP. Every fighting game should be doing this. And so it kind of redefines the genre a little bit. And so that's the kind of things that I look for. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like you either have to do something no one else is doing or do something that people have already done or go into that genre, but do it different, uniquely in your own way or do it better. Like, I think when you have those combinations that, that sets you apart from being a good game to genre defying, which I think a lot of people tend to intertwine with game of the year in a lot of ways. Like if it redefines that genre is usually kind of in that talk for game of the year. I reviewed Blasphemous 2, um, which is a really good... um, A lot of people throw it into the 2D Dark Souls category, which I can understand, and I can kind of see why they do that. Um, But I really think it's more, and it feels more, in my opinion, more Metroidvania than Dark Souls. It's got a lot of similarities and you're like hey that's that's in dark souls but the overall experience is metroidvania um it's definitely not in terms of difficulty level anywhere close to the soulsborne game Mm. um and the majority of in my experience for a lot of the soulsborne games you're doing a lot more um just straight on gameplay and encounters and engagements where a lot of blasphemous is going back, re-exploring areas, discovering secrets, hidden rooms, etc., etc. that, you know, the Metroidvania genre is known for. Um, and so this sequel picks up obviously after the first game with a new penitent one, um, which is the guy with a really pointy, helmet the game has a really cool theme of like guilt um and religious overtones uh like catholic churches and all this other fun and very happy subject matter if you you can't tell by the way it's designed um so there's this really premise of the story's not really set forefront. There's this entity called the miracle. You're supposed to stop it kind of thing. That's all you get really told. You're kind of just an errand boy and you're like, I'm feeling guilty. So I'll do it. And 
that's all they really tell you. They just kind of let you do your thing. Um, it's you're going to, the thing that I liked about the story and the narrative is it wants to be discovered. You don't, it's not just straight up in your face. Like, Hey, here's exposition ABC. It's you have to go out and search for it. Um, similar to the souls, like there's lore tabs, um, for a lot of the background characters and things that are going on that you kind of have to discover for yourself. And so you'll, it kind of gives you a reason to search every corner of the map. So let me pull up my notes real quick. Cause I definitely have some things that I want to talk about. Cause they, they made me feel a certain way playing them. No. Oh, yeah. Um, so Picking up from the first one, the main new additions, which, you know, when people are asking, what's new this time? You know, I played the first one. Why should I play the second one? Good news is you're going to, if you like the first one, you're going to like this one. (laughs) It does a lot of things very similar to the first one. The biggest difference this time around is you have three weapons now that you can choose from. You can rotate freely. They each serve their own function, purpose, style. They all feel different, which, you know, in a side-scroller, I think is pretty impressive for me on a combat um, aspect. So that is what I call the stabby. Um, It's just very light, fast. Um, If you do so many repeated Um, attacks, you'll trigger a lightning effect, which can kind of stun, which is kind of cool. Um, which if you'll watch the gameplay, you have the, one of the other ones, which I call the bonk, which is just a big mace. that's just slow, but it hits hard and it's got the most range. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got stabby bonk and then slicey, which slicey is kind of the middle ground. (laughs) Um, it's a, saber that does a mixture of range it's kind of your generic what i like to call the boring class where it's jack of all trades it doesn't really shine in any particular thing it's kind of good everywhere so you'll use those all throughout it has really cool ways of interacting with the environment um, with puzzles platforming you'll have to use each one if you want to unlock everything um yeah, that's the bonk. I love the bonk. Um, <laughs> and even with the boss fights, they designed it so that some bosses are, with the way the encounters play out, are weaker against certain archetypes of your weapons. So some bosses, it's really good to have the light, nimble mobility, and some it's like they're slow moving, just bonk them, you know. So that's really cool. I love it when... Um, like David and I talked the other day, we love maps where it's not the same every time. Like the meta kind of shifts. And I love boss fights in video games where you have to adapt. Not every boss fight can just get one shot by the OP build. Like you have to kind of be flexible. And this game really allows that uh, when you're playing. So, and that kind of leads into one of my other like big shining points for me was the art style which is very dreary 
um, a lot of depressing. <laughs> the, the game's very sad. <laughs> Not in the sense like of... It. It's just a lot of it's guilt, depression. Um, thing, a lot of bad things have happened to these characters. And it's got unique um, and creative characters like npcs you'll have some npcs you can upgrade things with um even the bosses are all unique um they talk independently they feel creative like each boss fight feels intentionally and purposefully themed so if you notice over the mini map there are different areas those all have different themes and backgrounds like one's a city one's uh up in the clouds, there's a almost underwater um, section, and those mini bosses and major bosses in that area, they all vibe and feel and work with that tone, which I don't think a lot of games do enough of. It makes sense why they do things the way they do. But yeah, it, it just overall, it's a fun game. I I loved playing it. It's about twenty hours long to do what I explored what I could. Um, I didn't explore everything. There are lots of side missions and quests that you have to do a certain way in order to progress them all the way through, which is really cool. Like you might experience something and miss something that I, you know, I got to experience just with the way the game kind of puzzles the side quests. The... Those are a lot of things that I like. The, the biggest cons, which I put in my review, um, aside from the boss fights, these small minions that you're seeing me face, all of them have like one attack. And that's about it. I, I didn't think that there was a lot of variety um, in the attack patterns. It's you meet this enemy and you're like, okay, once I fight him once, I know what he does. So that kind of got boring after a while. Um, the boss fights really excelled, but yeah, these, these regular ads and stuff, they literally have one attack and that's it. So once you kind of get used to it, you can roll through without too much hassle. Um, they did have some new enemies, but some of the enemies that they brought back from the first game are kind of like reimagined like a new form, which a lot of people will appreciate. And then. Yeah, finally, I the biggest thing, we talked about innovation earlier. They kind of played it safe for me when it comes to a sequel. Um, it plays and feels a lot like the first game with the only you know, new thing is three weapons instead of one. Other than that, if you played the first one, it's going to feel really similar, which isn't a bad thing. It's still a great experience. It's still fun. I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, but for someone who's looking at, you know, taking it a step further, they didn't really do too much. That's why I gave it an 80 out of a hundred. I think if they would have done some more things to add flavor to enemy types, platforming puzzles and stuff like that, it would have take, taken it to the next level and would have gotten a higher score from me. But it's still a really fun experience. I definitely recommend it. 
the combat's fun. It's fluid. You can progressively get faster and more nimble. So it's kind of a little bit of everything. And it's not difficult in the sense of like a soul's born. Like I mentioned earlier, I, the boss fights about half of them. I was able to beat first try going in blind. So they're not too terrible. You know, it's very approachable for someone who likes side scrollers, but it's, you know, they're afraid of the, the 2d dark souls stigma that this game has. So go in, enjoy yourself. It's really not that difficult. Um, yeah, it's a fun time. I, I enjoyed my time and that's why I gave it an 80 out of 100. That's a, yeah, it looks, it looks interesting. It, you're, but you're right. It doesn't look deep and maybe partially because we're not watching any boss battles here, but yeah, the boss, the boss fights are one of the big pros and I, I didn't show any gameplay because I I want it's best, you know, to be a surprise. Um, because there's some weird looking bosses, man. <laughs> they are some uh, crazy looking and also mechanically kind of wild with some of the stuff that they do. Um, there was one boss in particular. It, it was one of the toughest um, boss fights that I've encountered um, because you're constantly having to move against a enemy that is constantly moving and attacking. So, and that's a formula for success in my, in my book. Um, so, yeah. Any yeah. boss that makes you move. Yeah, I, coming from my uh, rating days of it's like, Hey, do this thing, go stand on a plate. You know, if I have to move and think you'll always win in my book. Yeah. Hey, Noah, um, you said a lot of the, or all the basic enemies are pretty one note and only have one attack. Were there times when they would pair multiple enemies together and that kind of made it more interesting the way they synergized off of each other? No, they didn't. The only time there was no like synergy, you might have two enemies like attack you there, but it's literally just one attack from each. So if you know how to avoid the one attack each enemy has, you're fine. And if you know how to position yourself to where you only have to engage, you know, one at a time, it's definitely manageable. But there was, yeah, there was no like two enemies teaming up for a combo attack or like if these two enemies got close together, a new attack would appear. Um, it was very basic. Each one does one attack. Okay, but even still, maybe they don't combine to create a new attack. But are there different, like five You'll, enemies you, on screen, and they're all different enemies? Each now, like each area has specific enemies that are only in that area. Interesting. So, but they the most decision. the most enemies that I ever encountered would be like maybe in an like in a room. Um, maybe four. There's some, uh, but they're all the same. No, they're different, but they only have one attack. So sure. they, they, yeah, they can have. I might have misunderstood. Like you can have two different enemies in the same room. Sure. So I think what Jackson may be referring to too is the idea of like those enemies 
Yes, maybe they don't synergize, but do they create a form of difficulty because you're having to maybe this guy to avoid his attack, you want to jump, but there's an enemy that yeah attacks in the air, and so you have to figure out like space, like an archer behind a shield, dude. Or oh something. no, yeah. like oh, it never gets that complex. Ooh. No, like you'll have different yeah. enemies. Like you'll have some flying, some on the ground, but they attack so um, their attacks are so spaced out that mm. it's pretty easy to avoid and take them out, kind of thing. That's why so I was like completely desynchronized. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There, that's kind of interesting. I think this is a very approachable game that way because it is not nearly. Um, of the same difficulty as Soulsborns. Sure, which yeah. A lot of the Souls, yeah, like you, you'll have like just regular enemy types that can wreck you. These, there's not the the attacks are very spaced out. Um, they'll do one attack and then it's like, okay, I'm gonna go at you really slowly. Um, the I guess the difficulty aspect is for the basic, you know, exploration component of it is when you're starting out those vials, which are the little red um, glasses below my two health bars. Yeah. Or my health and my energy bar. Those it's like your vials and souls. They replenish your health. You start off with just a few and you have to explore to find more campfires, this game's version of campfires. And so some of those can be pretty spaced out when you're first starting out. And so some of the difficulty can be, if I really want to explore as much of the map as I want, as I can, I want to manage getting hit. Yeah. Okay. You want to manage your health that, you know, when you're first starting out, but once you unlock a lot of the, um, campfires i can't remember they're they're trace something in the game but they're basically campfires once you unlock those the game exponentially becomes easier (laughs) um because that's where you refill your health and your vials um oh i completely glossed over it they have two um prayers which if you see the blue bar below my health that's your like energy for those prayers and it's basically a light and heavy attack um they can do some elemental damage so you have like some fire lightning um mystic and they don't uh, i talked about it in my review i kind of gave it a knock because i like the aspect of elemental attacks but there is no indication or i guess um evidence that one was particularly advantageous against a certain enemy type it's like they all kind of do the same damage amount they're just different it's like lightning versus fire there's no reason for me to swap I'm usually late to the party because so many games to play and I don't have a bunch of time, but yeah. I am glad I came to this party because Battle Bit is very, very good, particularly for an early access game. 
the skeletal system is there. The foundation is strong. Everything that you would expect from a Battlefield type of game is there. It feels like Battlefield. The movement, the weight, the weapon switching, squads, you know, big bombastic encounters, the level design. It's there. All of it is there. The foundation is, is strong. As a battlefield as a battlefield fan, I feel like I can mostly just jump in and just do a thing. There are a few minor improvements, changes, whatever. Like you can drag people. You can't do that in Battlefield. So that's a cool little thing. You just drag them to a different spot. Maybe you need to heal them up or whatever. So that's a nice little improvement. Um, but other than that, there's not really a, like a whole bunch of different stuff. This is fundamentally it's Battlefield. And at this point, I mean, there's really not a lot to say about this because if you've played Battlefield, you, you've played Battle Bit. You just haven't played Battlefield that looks like this. But I would recommend anyone getting this. And this is even more impressive for the fact that this is made by a three-person team and they have gotten this far. But I do have a few concerns. Um, my biggest one is I am wondering, can a three-person team finish this game before the next good Battlefield comes out? Because even though the foundation is there, this game's got a long way to go before it is like fully polished. It's playable. It's fun. But realistically, the, the movement is clunky at times. The sound doesn't hit as hard as Battlefield. The destruction isn't all the way there. Like, I haven't seen any instance of Levolution, and that's one of the things that they talk about on the Steam page, is the Levolution. The hit detection feels off at times. And and I'm like, uh, can, can blocky graphics really, you know, bring the intensity that this kind of game deserves? I, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. And then my biggest concern among the concerns is... Is the Unity engine up to the task of taking on the Frostbite engine? That I am not sure about because the Frostbite engine was specifically designed for Battlefield. Unity, the jack of all trades. Yes, of course, you can change it to how you need it, but there are still some limitations. And I went back to watch some Battlefield 4 footage and I was was reminded how good that game is. I was like, Battlefield 4 is freaking good. The physics, the destruction, the sound effects, the graphics, and like all that stuff coalesce into what we love about Battlefield. So in some sense, like I I don't want to be unfair to BattleBit. I haven't forgotten this is an early access game. This is absolutely an early access game. It is absolutely not finished. So I don't want to cast judgment on it or act like I'm reviewing it in that way. But I am concerned that for this three-person team, this might be too big of a task before EA decides to step in. And, you know, if they are really feeling like BattleBit is taking a bit of their lunch, I feel like all they got to do is just like, hey, guys, we're remaking Battlefield 3 and 4 and making it, you know, just to modern standards or whatnot. Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> I'm there. But that's my point. Like, I'm there. Like, BattleBit? No, nah, I'm not playing that. Why would I play BattleBit when I could go play Battlefield 4? <laughs> like, why, why would I do that? And so at this point, you know, I feel like they got some time because Battlefield 2042 is what 
DICE is, is focusing on. They're still finishing all their seasons and doing all that stuff. So it did poorly. So obviously, BattleBit is a great in-between. But if EA did something like that, I feel like BattleBit's not really going to last unless you're looking for a very cheap version of Battlefield. And the thing about it is BattleBit is so much like Battlefield that I feel like both really can't exist and have, uh, well, and, and BattleBit can have that kind of success because it is so much like Battlefield. There's not too much differentiating BattleBit from Battlefield. The things that are different, all EA and DICE would have to do is just add those things. And then what's the point in playing BattleBit? That's my concern about the game. But from what I have played, I do enjoy it. I want it to get better. And I am curious to know, you know, how far they're going to get. They have gotten very far. Again, the foundation is laid. It is there. I am happy with it. I will play it more. But I am just concerned. We are, I would say, years out from another Battlefield game. Um, I think it's more direct competition right now isn't even Battlefield. It's just keeping players in in a time of like so many big video game releases like Baldur's Gate and Starfield. Um, I believe the player count went from like 80,000 players and now it's at like a hundred thousand, not a hundred thousand, 10,000 active players. It's uh, sure. been a pretty big dip. But one thing the battle bit devs seem to excel at is listening to community feedback and implementing it quickly. And I think that'll be a really big advantage they have in keeping an edge on the competition. Okay. Well, you've been playing it a little bit longer than I have. So what are, yeah. what are your thoughts on it? My it? thoughts are very fun. I love this game. I'm I'm with you on that. I think it has some elements that kind of don't mesh too well, like some arcade some Milsimi. Uh, I'm not sure if you played it before or after the update, but recently, it's only recently that every player can bandage themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, it yeah used to I, be you had to go to the update, and I think I downloaded it. it the next day, so yeah. I did not play it pre-update. So it seems like they're kind of bringing it more towards like a casual audience rather than more towards like a mill semi audience. Um, it, it's got more on battlefield. Like I believe there are seven classes instead of battlefields, typical four. we got the, um, the kind of dedicated leader position, the assault, the medic, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, is that what it is? You could just choose to be the squad leader, basically? They kind of get their own, like, call-ins. Like, they can place a uh, beacon, that kind of thing. Other than that, they don't function too differently. Um, we have the I was wondering, that is one of the things I was wondering about. Like, how do you become squad leader? Because I was like, I'm playing with some really bad squad leaders every match that I kept playing in. They kept going to different points. And it's like, you do have to defend a point for a little while. Can we Can we do that, please? We just need three. Oh, <laughs> they just recently added points for defending, which um, as a support main, I can appreciate. Because okay. supports, yes. I'll, I'll get to supports. First, let me like go through the, <laughs> the list. Uh, assaults are, they're okay. They have grappling hooks that operate 
you know, in real life, you're not swinging around, you're getting to an elevated position, getting into a building, um, generally repositioning. Um, we have medics who are currently kind of problematic in the game. Uh, very arcadey. They move quite fast. They have access to SMGs. Uh, big problem with SMGs is that they're just kind of better than assault rifles often. They do drop off, but in a lot of maps, they're designed, a lot of maps are designed in a way that it doesn't really matter. So, like, the engagement distance is going to favor our uh, SMGs regardless. Sure. Sounds like a Battlefield problem. Yeah. Uh, At least three, I think. Yeah. They just recently nerfed lean spamming, which was something people were doing. Uh, Quite frustrating. But, like I said, they're responding to criticism quite quickly and effectively, which is really nice to see. Um, We have support. I main support. I love support. Uh, You can place down building like pieces instantly, like Roblox style, not Roblox, uh, Fortnite style, just like um, instant cover, instant sandbags. Uh, They have access to their own unique kind of pieces of cover, like tall uh, Hesco walls, that kind of thing. Um, There's quite a bit of depth to it because you can like shave down your cover because (laughs) the cover itself is okay. But like you, you shave down one piece and then place on top of it one with like little holes in it, and now you have like a good fort, uh, a good position, like a good dug-in position against like attacking enemies. And they just recently added defending points, so now there's a reason to like stay put and defend that place. Um, there's recon, which they recently added larger muzzle flash for because. The second players realized they could get rid of all sniper glint by choosing a medium scope on snipers, they just started doing that. <laughs> and so there was kind of an epidemic of just kind of, oh, I'm I'm running along, I'm using cover, and you're just gone. Because there was no telegraphing to like alert you to the fact that there was a sniper anywhere like at all. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's got some issues but they're being ironed out pretty quickly. Uh, I I have to praise this game for, despite the Roblox graphics, it's quite immersive. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had many a time where I'm just in a charge with like 50 people. Um, Like 10 of them are scattered on different places on the ground, like screaming for help from the medics. Someone's chucking grenades and covering fire. Um, People are trying to push up kind of like prodding their defenses um it, it's quite an immersive experience it's lovely i haven't like felt this since battlefield 4 to be honest and i've missed it and i'm excited to see where Battlebit goes from here yeah same i i played it and i was like yes this this gives me the battlefield vibes that i have been missing that 2042 did not provide um <laughs> I reviewed that game, so you can go look on Gaming Trend and see how I feel about that. Pretty um, cool. Yeah. Um, so to play this, well, it, it, the the interesting thing about this, a thought I did have was Battlebit feels really good, and a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot, but I have seen some people 
talk about battle bits doing better than a trip than triple a games and it's like it did better than one battle bit is not better than battlefield four like i'm sorry like it's just not <laughs> um even even being complete it would not be better than battlefield four good yes absolutely playable absolutely i i would certainly say that uh but this as it it's it's just hard to picture how far this will go because what frostbite provides for battlefield is particularly in terms of physics i'm just not sure how far unity can go in that in that way so um while the bones and all that stuff are are there i can unity do it <laughs> that's really the question and maybe that's not their goal Maybe their goal isn't to necessarily replicate all the physics that Battlefield would have. But if we are also talking about destruction, which they have like markings on some walls to show you like, hey, you can destroy this place, which that feels weird. But part of partially, you know, the graphics kind of have to have some some very specific spots where it's just like, yeah, you could definitely blow this thing In up. Battle bit. What? That's you're saying in battle bit there are sections of wall where you can just like see like the marks to shoot things and like blow it up. Yep. Yep. There's, do you mean like uh, the texture? Or do you mean like there's like actual like X marks the spot stuff? It's not like painted X marks yeah. the spots, but there's definitely like spots where it looks like it I wouldn't say it looks quite like an X, but there's definitely like some it's a marking where it's like, yeah, that blow it up. <laughs> you could blow that, that out the wall. That might have been players using the pickaxe to kind of like cut away some pieces of brick because that's what you can do. Oh, with really? It. Yeah. A lot of people like to do that so they can just kind of like cut out some bricks and then shoot through them at people. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Know. So they thin out the wall so they can shoot through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. Really well, that's cheeky. That is cheeky, but I like that. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, okay, that make that makes sense. Still, with that said, uh, that's actually a unique thing to Battlebit. Battlefield has never done anything like that. Not that they needed to with all the mortar shells and tanks and helicopters <laughs> that you can do. But um, yeah, I just I just wonder, knowing what Unity is as an engine, like what is available um, and what is possible with this in comparison to what frostbite can provide at the end of the day. But with that said, again, after this podcast, I would have no problems like hopping on <laughs> and playing some battle bit. Cause it does, it does scratch the itch that battle battle, that battlefield, um, would give me. Um, and again, the movement, like besides some of the clunkiness, like it feels good. I love the pace. I love the speed. The teamwork is there. The squad work is there. All that stuff you would need for basic battlefield. And this is beyond basic. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But everything that I would need for that is is there. So um, it is absolutely. You know, you just sometimes you just die. <laughs> it's just like yo. Like, I thought I was clear. Nope. Oh boy, up in the the sixth story, staring down right at your spot. Oh, okay, you know that sort of stuff. Like that surprise, your your ability to surprise other people, your ability to uh, 
spawn on squad mates and keep the fight going while you try to get a point back, your strategy to try to take over the most points, all those things are there. That's the stuff I love about Battlefield. But I don't want to ignore what else makes Battlefield good is kind of that ancillary stuff, the beautiful explosions. I would honestly say the kind of the realistic graphics do help Battlefield feel even more immersive in that way. Um, and so stuff like that, it's like, yeah, that's why Battlefield is Battlefield. But in terms of just raw gameplay, Battle Bit, two thumbs up. Absolutely. I also think it leans a little further into the sandboxy element than like standard Battlefield games. It sounds like it. I hadn't explored that. I didn't even know like the pickaxe and like supports being able to like kind of build their own stuff. That was a thing. I hadn't seen anybody doing it. Um, About- and I just kind of popped in on medic. It was like, I'm going, I'm in. <laughs> Almost every building, I believe, is destructible, if not every building. So I've had games with like dedicated squads of players who just kind of want to destroy the whole map. And by the end, the like victory screen is just of a leveled city. <laughs> and it's just a scale you don't really see in Battlefield. It's like the graphics are worse, yeah, but like oh, yeah, just I'm kind not of like about the blocking look. Yeah, the change is just like amazing. Just I do like, wonder how far that goes, though, because I was wondering about, again, all the games that I played, I did not see that level of destruction at all, uh, even with tanks and choppers uh, available. So um, I'm kind I do of, find it fascinating that you can destroy everything, but I do wonder how that does impact the game. Because once they level everything, then it's kind of like, okay, like what's the cover? Where's the high ground? Like... Well, it kind I'm of, kind of glad it requires such a dedicated squad effort where you can do it, but it takes like a lot of time and resources. Oh, okay. Okay. But just having the base destruction of like almost everything is destructible there means that you could be in any building and a tank starts firing at you and the building just kind of starts like crumbling around you. Oh, yeah. And you no, like that shamble is- down a stairwell, your team <laughs> scrambling around. It's great. Yeah, that is one of the most... That was always one of the most terrifying things in Battlefield. You oh, just, yeah. You think you got cover? No. Boom. Nope. <laughs> you're, you're done. <laughs> so the fact that that has this too, uh, I love that. that yeah. Those are the those are the ki- kind of things that make you enjoy these kind of games. Uh, that really nothing that you know Call of Duty could provide, not, really no other first-person shooter can provide. And I've always said this about Battlefield. When Battlefield is good... First-person shooters are good. <laughs> when there's a good battlefield on the market, eh, that's a good year for first-person shooters. You got your Call of Duty, you got your Battlefield, and all that provides a good Halo, all that stuff. Go ahead, Noah. Which that that's I'm glad you said when Battlefield is good. That that's one of the questions I have for the two lads. Um, so, would it seems like because we'll we'll just say 2042 was met with mixed reception at best. We'll just say mixed. That's very kind. Um, I'm being very kind. Um, <laughs> and it seems like this is kind of giving people an outlet to scratch that itch, that mm-hmm. battlefield That's, itch. Absolutely. So my question for you two is, does this do enough to where if in a world where we had, where 2042 was a success, like not outstanding or it, but like it was 
positive and people were enjoying it and still playing it. Do you think Battlebit would have anywhere near the success? Yeah, I think it'll definitely always have like, even if it's a bit niche, it'll always have a good active player base. I don't think it'll ever be like dead, dead for a long time to come. I do think a lot of people will go to Battlefield, but I think this game offers enough on its own to just kind of stand alone like as a little cult classic that's because that's that's my concern because it looks fun like the gameplay yeah. looks like battlefield and i'm sure it's very comparable to battlefield that's that's my concern is if you know there is a new battlefield game that comes out or even if it's like a we're doing we're remaking battlefield 4 they do the modern warfare route you know is that uh, is there enough for this game to stand on its own if there's a new battlefield in the field, I would I would answer that no. <laughs> that's, <laughs> okay, that's my I, concern too. I, very... I'm afraid that that if there's a good battlefield in the the gaming sphere, that this it's, game would yeah people most would leave. People, yeah, absolutely, most people would leave. Uh, d- definitely, most people would leave because uh, again. As it stands right now, as it stands right now, which is part of my concern of how long it's going to take to really get this thing up and going, I just don't think it has the the strengths that Battlefield has um, and what makes that so freaking good. Um, so I play this and it scratches the itch. But then I go watch Battlefield 4 gameplay. I'm like, oh, I missed. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, when will the next good Battlefield come out? Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, like that's the problem for that's, EA. Yeah, yeah that's, that's their problem. And The so, most recent statement was kind of like hazy. They, were, they just said something about going back to basics or something or about reinventing the wheel. Uh, it was really generic. I mean, those are two so, different things. Going back yeah, to basics. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, it was so. just such a generic statement. It gets boggled in my brain. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> time will tell. But I think that it, I think that the sandboxy elements offer enough for people to come back just for the merits of Battlebit, especially when we're looking at the fact that let's say the next Battlefield comes out in like two years, three years. It probably won't. This game will probably evolve a lot by then. Sure, yeah, and that—that's what I'm saying. Like, if if EA really was like, uh, we don't like Battlebit eating our lunch right now. All I think it would take is, hey guys, we're remaking Battlefield Four. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey guys, we're Thank remaking so Bad Company Two. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, know, like that's like, all it would take. Um, to get players off of Battlebit, because my problem is I just don't think the sandboxy elements impact gameplay enough. Uh, not to say to justify its existence, I just don't think it impacts the gameplay enough. Uh, in the you know five or six matches, I didn't even know that stuff was in there. Right, so like I'm just playing Battlebit as I'm playing Battlefield, and I'm not noticing like these different elements that are happening. And I'm like, oh, now that I know that they exist, I'm just curious to know how impactful they are at this point. Or are they just kind of like cheesy fun? And I don't think Battlefield players care 
about yeah, sandbox. I think they're more the gameplay. They they want gameplay. They want guns, well, destruction. Sandboxy stuff is gameplay in yeah. in, the, in this regard. Um, so I don't. I, I wouldn't go there. I just don't think that's the kind of stuff they would look for in a battlefield. Oh, I get to kind of create my own little cover system and build this thing, and you know, like I think it it is more. I think as Jackson described it, mill sim type of thing. It's more about squatting up, taking over points, driving the tanks, getting to positions. You know, basic, but the way Battlefield does it. That's my argument. Do either of you see Battlebit getting? Because you said it was what three devs and indie. I'm assuming the self-published. Do you see them getting a publisher coming in and being like, hey, we think you guys have something pretty cool. We're going to... No, but some- what I want them to do is to get more people to help them finish this because I want them to finish this. I want them to get as far as they can before another good Battlefield comes battlefield out. Now, comes that out. could be in the next 10 years, but for as far as a good Battlefield is concerned. But I like what they're doing. I like this. I think the small team size might be a bit of a benefit. Because it's very I'm not saying they have to like grow to hundred. I'm just oh, saying know. just get some more people to help. <laughs> like, you're handling patching the stuff, you're handling, you know, community stuff, you're handling new developments. Like that's that's a lot to do for three people. For I don't care people. if you're working on it twenty four hours a day. That's a lot. True. But also I think that's a benefit of like unity and like low graphics, all of that. Like I think they have an advantage in adaptability right now because they are adapting very quickly. But when we say adapting very quickly, like what are these changes? Are they actually like, you know, game modes and uh, actual like gameplay fixes um, in terms of like, like again, the hit detection is not great. I'm seeing a whole bunch of stuff about cheating. Um, I'm seeing, uh, again, the movement stuff is a bit clunky. Like these are very like fundamental. Like you got to get this right at the end of the day in order to f- make it feel true. Like, great. But even like a month back, that laundry list was twice the size. So like, I'd say they're going through things professionally yet like quickly. They don't want to like rush through changes. But I'd say the changes they are making are benefiting the game and they're moving at a reasonable pace in fixing it. Okay. All right. I'd still would like them to get some more help. That's fair. <laughs> at the end of the day. I, I, you can never have too many <laughs> when you have three. Three anything's more than you know, better than yeah. three. Yeah. Um because they've they I mean, this is phenomenal for three people. Like this oh, yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. But I want more. <laughs> and that's that, good. Mind. I'm glad you want more. I, I think this Yeah, game, I want more of this and I and I want more I want them to get more help <laughs> in getting this stuff done. I think this game has a lot to offer. And it has a lot of ways it can evolve. And I'm excited to see where it goes. My my last question um is I just because I couldn't hear the audio audio. When you when you die, do you do the little like Lego crumbly noise? Because if not, I think that's a really missed opportunity. 
No, no. Uh, you, I'll pass you, then. You I'll die. stick to COD. Yeah, I'll stick you to might COD. Want to do that? You know, but you know, there was there was nothing like that in Battlefield either. You know, you just you just kind of die. That's how they can be better. That's how they show, can. Be. <laughs> that's the differentiator right there. Mm-hmm. Use what you have to your advantage. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I like it. I would recommend to anybody who's a Battlefield fan to to play this because it is it is that good. Concerns aside, like you're gonna have some fun for sure, no doubt. All right, I think this is my game of the year, Battle Bit. Ooh, okay, an early access game. Yeah, a game that is unfinished, a game that has does have some issues to resolve. True. <laughs> okay, Feels the good. hours I've put in speak for themselves. <laughs> How many hours have you put into it? That's actually a great question. Curious. Opening the Steam library. Yeah, and they have 81. a eighty one. God dang! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How um, long has this game been out? A few months. Inter- April, I think. I think it came out in April. About Respect, they, my they, guy. That is, yeah, they that put is it so out early. Yeah, he has been For, on the battle bit. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're now that I have it, we're definitely gonna have to find oh, some yeah. time to play. Absolutely. You know, in the squad their squads are huge too there's like oh, eight yeah. people in a squad i was it's like cool. frick it's, it's quite nice because you always have someone to spawn on and you're never like caught out of the action and a lot of times but i feel like that's the strategy in battlefield like you got four people so yeah the last one you better stay your butt alive having <laughs> respawn where you just see um players in combat is yeah. iconic i've had a <laughs> few of those moments in battle bit oh yeah Especially when someone straps a landmine to a drone and flies it into the into my team, love I have not that. seen that. But that wow, that I sounds, love that kind of thing—the creative, it, outside the box thinking. I agree. I agree. That that's the kind of stuff that makes Battlefield and BattleBit so much fun. Like you can go and just do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm rooting for BattleBit. I hope it does. Hope it does well. But once Battlefield comes, then it's good. <laughs> it comes back. I know. If. That is a big if. All right. Yeah. That'll do it for us tonight. It was fun. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, so sign it off. Talk to you later. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Deuces. Later.